This is the You Could Be a Therapist podcast. I'm Sophie Kent. Welcome to season two of You Could Be a Therapist. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I'm so glad you tuned in to today's episode. I am a pre-licensed therapist working in private practice in the state of Florida. I specialize in working with individuals struggling with anxiety and OCD, and I started this podcast as a way to serve the next wave of counselors, the potential therapist. My two greatest hopes for this show are to demystify the process of becoming a therapist and to provide practical tools and resources for those interested in becoming a therapist themselves. I do this through Counselor Journey episodes where I'll interview a therapist about their personal journey entering the mental health profession, and solo episodes where I cover a topic relevant to starting the process of becoming a counselor, beginning grad school, and more. Hi! Thanks for tuning in. Today we are talking about everything you need to know about internships. I will introduce a caveat here because... I don't think anybody really knows everything there is to know about anything, so please do some additional research after listening to this episode on internships and grad school. I've kind of narrowed down some big categories I think are really important to learn about before starting your internship or maybe in the middle of your internship when you're considering applying for your next semester of internship, but This is not, for all intents and purposes, the only resource that you should access when planning your internship. So, that being said, the areas I wanted to talk about today that, as I was reflecting, I think would have been most helpful for me to hear about when I was a graduate student are school requirements, what to expect from the internship semester, how to select the internship that you choose, how to apply for the internship, and then when you're actually in the internship, what is it like? How can you prepare for that aspect? Starting with school requirements, before we even get into it, congratulations that you've made it this far, because if you're considering practicum or internship, this means that you've gone through the majority of your classes in your grad program, and we can just celebrate you for a second because that is very hard. I know firsthand. Okay, I went to a KCREP accredited program, which I have talked about before in the podcast that going to a program that is KCREP accredited is really important for getting licensed later on in the future. So that's the experience that I have that I will be speaking from. Um, Thankfully, I think that's good because KCREP is really standardized. So I think that they all require the same thing as far as practicum and internships. You'll hear me say both of those words, and that is because practicum and internship are actually two separate things and they're completed over the course of three semesters. Practicum is the first time that you ever interact with clients. It really, for all intents and purposes, is an internship. I don't know why it has a different name, Um, but in my program, practicum came before two semesters of internship. Practicum is 100 hours, and some of those are direct hours and indirect hours. And then internship lasted two semesters after practicum, and in each of those semesters, you were required to obtain 300 hours. So practicum is basically your introduction to working with clients. The requirements are a lot lower, and then internship is really where things get amped up, and it's basically like working a part-time job um, or full-time job, depending on how much work you do. 
So I mentioned direct and indirect hours in a practicum and internship. These are the two categories of activities that you're doing in your practicum or internship. So like I said, your school will have the exact specifications. For direct hours, usually those are, I think that in my practicum, it was like 40 direct hours and 60 indirect hours that could potentially be off. But the number of indirect hours that you get is much higher than direct hours in my experience from what I did. And so what makes up direct and indirect hours? Wow, I'm so glad you asked. In direct hours, these are your face-to-face hours with clients. So this is the time that you are being the therapist. I believe that in your practicum, you can also include if you are co-leading a session. So if you and your supervisor are doing a session together, or if you are leading a group of some kind, so a psychoeducational group, a support group, um, or any kind of other group that has clients in it, those would all be counted as direct hours. Indirect hours are a little more vague. Um, There are some specific examples such as writing notes from client sessions. Um, You can include things like doing research if you are presenting in a psychoeducational group. Indirect hours would also include any kind of trainings that you're participating in um, or research and learning that you're doing outside of your site. So I think that supervision is also included in these indirect hours. Yes, I believe it is. It was about two hours a week in my supervision class. So I had classmates that were completing their internships all across the country with one professor. And then once a week for one hour, I also met up with my site supervisor. So when you're in your practicum and internships, you'll have two different supervisors. You'll have your site supervisor at the site or place that you are doing your internship, the agency, private practice, hospital, wherever. And then you will also have a supervisor through your university. I don't think I ever met with my university supervisor one-on-one. That's the professor of the course that you take. With both of those, I didn't really get a chance to choose either of my supervisors. They kind of just happened the way they happened or were assigned to me. These supervisors perform really similar roles. Um, What's nice is that your university supervisor is someone that you can talk to if you ever have issues at your site that maybe your site is being unprofessional or you're uncomfortable at all. You could talk to your university supervisor about that. To recap, school requirements, um, it will differ school by school, but when I went to a KCREP accredited program, the requirements for me was one semester of practicum and two semesters of internship. Like I mentioned earlier, the practicum semester had less requirements, so in my experience, it was much easier for me to work my part-time job and go to school and do my practicum, and then in the internship semesters, it was much harder for me to complete all of those tasks because internship requires a lot more than practicum. When you're doing these experiences, you will be required to get a certain number of direct hours and indirect hours that have a lot of different activities attached to that. And something quick to mention is that when I was doing my internships and practicum, I was required to have a psychoeducational moment in a group. So I was required to present some kind of curriculum to a group at my site. And I was working at an OCD specialized private practice, actually the same one I'm working at now. And so I remember for my psychoeducation, I presented some material on family accommodation in OCD. 
which was a topic that was interesting to me and relevant to the group because it was a family support group for those who are family members of those with OCD. You may be required to be part of a group, and that's something to definitely take account and notice and pay attention to before selecting your site. Now we can talk about what to expect from the internship semester. So this is the first time that you're going to be doing client work um, unless you did some kind of social work stuff before you got your master's degree. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, the time requirement is pretty intense for these semesters. So time management will be your best friend. In an earlier Counselor Journey episode, our clinician Mary talked about how she had really, really strict boundaries for herself with time management for this year that she was doing her practicum and internships. And it really resonated with my experience. I really had to put boundaries up for myself with my family, with my friends of when I could spend time with them and when I had to stay home and study or write papers or just decompress from being around clients all day when that's that was a totally new experience. So I wasn't used to it. So you may face some tiredness. Some unexpected feelings may also come up because, as I mentioned before, if you have trauma that hasn't been processed or dealt with, you may get reminded of it by your clients or you may get triggered by it. Also being open to what you like and what you don't like about this field, about the population that you're working with. You can do internships. The experience that you are having in your internship is one of many possible experiences you could have working in this field. And you may realize that you don't enjoy this aspect of working with a specific population, or you might get surprised and realize that the clients that you look forward to working with most are different than you would expect. Maybe you had originally wanted to work with children, but then you've realized that in your sessions with adults, you feel really energized afterward. All of this time for you to do your practicum and internship is time that you get to learn about yourself, what you like, what you don't like, and let that shape how you move forward and what you get to pursue next. As I mentioned, practicum is one semester and then internship is for two semesters after that. You can have different sites during that time. So you can start your practicum at one site and then allow the observations you make about what gives you energy, what fuels you, what excites you to direct where you go for your next internship because you don't have to do the, all three of those semesters at the same place. When you're not listening to new episodes of You Could Be a Therapist, stay connected with us at Potential Therapist on Instagram for bite-sized videos and other fun content. Come say hi. I'd love to know you're listening. If you're enjoying the episode, please leave a review. Let's return to what we're talking about today. How to select your internship site. When you're starting to look into options for your internship site. The most important thing is to make sure that it is going to meet all the requirements that you need for your university. Those requirements I mentioned earlier in more vague details, um, those specific details that you'll find through your university course website, you want to make sure first that any internship you're looking into is able to meet those requirements for you, of course. After this, go ahead and update your resume. The University Career Center, wherever you're at, um, usually has templates for you to follow for your resume. And then sometimes they even offer one-on-one -on -one coaching or feedback. One of the big pros about being in college is that you get all these resources for free. 
you already pay for them as part of your tuition and fees. So go ahead and go to your career center's website or office on campus. If you're an online student, they have a website that you can go to and use your student login to get access to those resources. And just go ahead and update your resume. Make sure that your most relevant skills are at the top so that that is what internship sites are seeing. The process, in my experience, was very similar to a job interview. So I sent in my resume. I had two interviews. And then I was offered the position of starting internship there. Also, when you're selecting what internships you want to give your time to apply to, determine what area or population you'd like to try working with. You're only committing to a site for one semester at a time. So you can try different settings and different populations. This decision that you're making to start your practicum at a specific place or even do your second internship, we don't have to put so much pressure on ourselves to find the perfect one or the exact right one. If you're a perfectionist like me, you probably put that pressure on yourself and it's really not needed. We can just release ourselves. You'll have the experience that you have and you'll learn from it. Whether you like the experience or you wish some things were different, it'll still be valuable. Keep in mind that these connections could lead to a job for you. So if you are really excited about a place, go ahead and apply. Even if they don't accept you at first, it could still be a great jumping off point if you'd like to maybe try again next semester for your internship there. Or if you'd like to apply there in the future, you can let them know, hey, I was so interested in applying for an internship there, but you guys weren't accepting interns at the time, but I, I would love for the opportunity to be a part of your team. Uh, you know, other people can be rude and that's okay. We live in the world. Other people are rude sometimes, but do your best to always try to be kind and be just over the top nice to the people that you're applying to, every email communication, because all of that could help help your network of counselors in your area, of agencies in your area. Someone will remember how, the, how you made them feel and how you handled rejection. So even a place that doesn't have an opening for you or says, you know, we actually want a more experienced clinician. We aren't taking interns right now. Whatever it is, they will remember how you responded to that. If it was positive or negative, or if you never responded at all, then you're not, you're not going to stand out to that agency as like a cool or great person. So just some unsolicited advice in there. Beyond what is required for an internship by your university, also take time to reflect on what do you want in an internship? Do you have certain non-negotiables that are really important to you that you are not willing to compromise on? If you have other jobs or other responsibilities, maybe you can only participate in an internship on certain days of the week or for certain times during the day. Determine what those are and allow that to guide your conversations with potential agencies. How to apply for an internship. This process is pretty simple, but I wanted to include it in here just in case you were wondering. First step is to just use the internet and find different agencies that you're interested in. And then you can go ahead and go on their website and fill out their contact page or give them a call. Depends on the type of person you are. If you like to call places or email places, I always email and my husband thinks it's really funny, but I always love to send an email rather than call. But both, I think both are equally valuable. So go ahead and send them an in inquiry or introduce yourself and ask, do you have any interns, internships available? What would that process be like? 
etc. Make sure you give a little bit of information about yourself if you are providing an email so they can know what university you attend, what you're looking for, what interested you about their agency. That's definitely an important one. And then if you're local to your university program, so if you are a residential student, you can ask professors about their experience or their recommendations for sites in the area. A lot of times professors, you know, they're teaching those classes filled with students where you're all processing your internship experiences together. They a lot of times have the inside scoop on a lot of things, but especially which internship sites their students have had the best experiences at. And so that is a very underrated tip, I would say, is to ask your professors if they have any recommendations if you are in the area of your university. And lastly, try not to be discouraged by closed doors. I contacted probably six to eight practices in my area before I got even one interview. I was so sad. (laughs) I was so sad at first because either the places I reached out to did not respond at all or they said, sorry, we're not accepting interns. I got sad, I got worried, and finally one of the places reached back out to me and I got an interview and this is the place I've worked at for over two years now and I love working here. So it was absolutely the the best place for me to be and the right fit for me. And that's not everyone's story, but I just say that to say it may not be the first, second, third, fourth place that you apply to or that you contact. That doesn't mean it's anything about you. You don't have to take it personally because people are really concerned with their own lives. So if they don't get back to you, it's probably not you. It's them. The last category we're going to talk about today is when you're actually in your internship, when you're in the middle of it, the midst, when you're in the thick of it. Use your site supervisor as a resource. Like I said earlier, most programs require weekly meetings with your site supervisor and weekly class meetings. The site supervisor meetings, I believe they can take place just you and your supervisor or I think one other person is able to be there and it, t- it can count as your individual supervision even though it's you and another student and the supervisor. So you get to have access to one-on-one time with an experienced therapist and you get to talk to them about your clients, which you aren't able to do with anyone else in detail because of HIPAA and laws protecting confidentiality. Use this time to air out what you're feeling in sessions, um, insecurities that you're having, things that are great that happen in session. This person is meant to be a resource to help you be an effective counselor. It can feel scary to be vulnerable and share things that you're second guessing about your session, but it's so, so helpful to get those things out with someone you trust that is actually a trained professional because it's just very limited the feedback that we can receive in our profession because of confidentiality and that's why supervision is an incredible resource. Also in your weekly class meetings, use this time to ask questions about what you experience in session. Sometimes everybody has the same question and they're just too afraid to ask it. So if there's question and answer time during your internship classes with other students there, Ask and just get it out there and see if other people resonate with what you're going through. Or maybe they already talked to their site supervisor about this and they got great advice from that person and now they get to share it with you. Try not to take any feedback personally against you as a person, personality, or your competence. This is the first time you're working with clients. Even if you're in your third semester, you've still only been doing this for a little bit of time. 
So of course you're going to have things to improve on and learn better. I'm sure if I videotaped myself in a session like I had to do in my internship courses, I would be able to point out several things that I would have rather not done or said differently in a session. So that desire, I don't think ever stops for people of wanting to go back and tweak and, oh, change something, especially in a profession as subjective as therapy. Like each word I say in a session or each sentence can always be said differently. But the way that you communicate and say things is what will help your clients click with you over somebody else. So if people give you feedback, please, please, please try as hard as you can not to take it personally. It's okay to have your feelings and it's okay if you get a little sad getting some feedback or feel embarrassed. Embarrassment is a very normal feeling to have. This doesn't mean that you're a terrible therapist or that you're never going to be good or any of those things that your critical voice is telling you. It is not necessarily true from getting a few bits of critical feedback if you receive those kinds of feedback. And again, the way that you receive feedback will, number one, set you apart from other students who maybe will have a harder time not getting defensive. And it'll make you a better clinician because sometimes we get feedback from our clients and it's very important to not get defensive and angry and upset with our clients and in their session because it's supposed to be their safe place. But to be able to calmly receive that feedback and communicate what we may be thinking, etc. Also, imposter syndrome is real. Feeling it does not mean that you are actually an imposter. Please remember this. Every single person that I've interviewed on this podcast who is a successful therapist has felt imposter syndrome. So it is just a universal feeling and doesn't actually have to mean anything about your abilities, especially when you're in your practicum and internship and you're surrounded by so much accountability, so much supervision. Okay. Those people are there to point out things that you can improve. That's a wrap on this episode of You Could Be a Therapist. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Until next time.